savagely by anointed disappointment. Life uses love as a distraction. The reaction, soulful extraction. The faceless tossed stones at glass staircases through the abyss. Yet I, I persist to exist. Tears are cloak behind porcelain masks. Masses shall remain hateful to the faithful. I, I often envy Atlas, the weight of the world. My, my body embodies it. They don't know. They don't know about my weak. The moans of soul condones when, when existing is experienced through hollow bones and everything you've ever put hope in ends up broken. When, when you cry your pain out, then bathe in it till it soaks in. You lose all disdain for pain And all that remains All that remains is what drains That that ink in your veins Finding yourself Finding solace in bloodstains Fading into the shards of Shattered dreams They don't know They don't know about my weak How much courage is needed to suffer They don't Trying to see in the darkness, looking for answers to pointless nowheres. Still in the days from yesterday's maze, the view or hue of colorless days. Forgive me. Forgive me, I can't take it. You could tell my mama I tried to make it. They they just don't know. They don't know about my Seep in sorrow, pain ingrained in my bones. 
to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. Spoken Soul family, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. Today is the day we shine. Get in tune. We got work to do. Spoken Soul Family was good, was good, was good. We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. And today is going to be a special show because y'all know this is the Tuesday show because it's on Tuesday that it dropped. But uh, today I'm bringing in a guest host today. And you guys are well familiar with this individual. He's been on the show twice. Very, very, very close friend of mine. I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session studio. The one, the only, Mr. Written in Pain. What's good? What's good, bro? What's good? What's good? What's good, man? Happy. I'm just happy to be here, man. Appreciate you pulling out an extra chair for me, bro. Most deaf, bro. Come on, man. You already know, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what it is, man. And, uh, Yo, man, this is going to be a dope show lined up for you guys today, man, because there's so much context that this brother right here have on the subject. And, um, you know, we're going to get we're going to get into this. But first, we got some announcements. You know, as you know, I've made the announcement that Spoken Soul Sessions is now on Clubhouse. And the reason why I brought the uh, podcast to Clubhouse or a version of it I wanted to be able to engage with the listeners. So Clubhouse is a platform where you can pretty much get on no matter where you at in the world. You can you can log in on Clubhouse. So it's a way that we can engage. But since we we we're going on our I think our fifth week this week that's coming. And uh right. we uh we them we them 
brought Clubhouse or we done brought Spoken Soul Sessions to Clubhouse with a show that has become a, a Clubhouse favorite for the last few weeks that we've been doing it. And that's Iron Sharpens Iron. You know, where where poets come, artists come, and they come get their poems rated by myself and um, Mr. Written in Pain. And um, we've been having some good turnouts, and it's been a very constructive show. And uh, I want to remind you guys that we're on every single Saturday at 9 p.m. until 12. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. So 9 p.m. Eastern Standard to 12 a.m., We'll be on. We we usually we try to keep a, a tight ship, but we'll go over time. But we're not really going over time more than like 15 minutes. So if you want to come and you want to get your poem rated, come through Saturdays, 9 p.m. on Clubhouse. And it's the room is spoken soul sessions. So you guys already know. And myself and Mr. Written in Pain will be there. And it's a vibe, man. If you haven't been there yet, you it's a vibe. Trust me. Come through. It's a nice vibe. And it's a great space. If even if you got poems that you are working on for competition, maybe you're a slammer, or maybe you just working on some stuff and you wanna, you know, you wanna test the waters, bring it through, man. That's right. Bring it through, man. We're going to give you our, our honest feedback and it's going to be constructive. So, you know, what I mean, there's no fear there. So definitely y'all guys check us out every Saturday on Clubhouse. So now, my brother, let me ask you, how was your week so far? You know, what I mean, how was your week? How, you know what I'm saying? How's everything on your end before we get into this topic? Man, so far so good, man. We had a great show Saturday, man. Um, you know, Monday is always back to the grind. But I look, I was looking forward to doing this because this was this topic is is true and dear to my heart. Uh, mm. When you're talking about stage and page poetry, um, I have dibbled and dabbled in both, and I, I I thought this was a great topic, bro. And I'm and I'm I'm very excited about us getting into this rap. All right, so now let's get into it. So the the, the name of the show today is the stage versus the page and we're talking about the stage poet and the poet since since of late we want to say since the last 10 years we can give or take 10 years there's been a a a, a strong online poetry presence if you've been following the online poetry movement you know that it started kind of started on blog talk it then escalated and it then came on the the clubhouse now clubhouse the poetry scene is dynamic on clubhouse so since since about the last 10 years there's been a a real big push for online poetry in fact i met my brother right here mr written in pain online doing poetry you know what i'm saying so at the time that i met him he had never performed before which was crazy to me it was crazy to me because i was like yo this dude is dope like I would think that he would have been smashing stages, but he had never performed on the stage before. But I would go and I would hear him online and his poetry would like, damn, this dude is nice. So when we when we got together and we started writing together, I was like, yo, bro, you got to get on the stage, man. You're going to have to touch this stage. And he was like, nah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, bro, you got to touch the stage because he was in. He didn't think of himself as being a performer. 
And I was telling him total the opposite. I was like, yo, the, the way you bring life to your poems on the phone is just a whole nother beast if you bring that shit on the stage. So I convinced him, you know what I'm saying? Being poetic black, being, right. you know, bully, you know what I'm saying? Bully is the word I always will use. Nah, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I convinced my brother to get on the stage and it's been a rap ever since. Now he done, he done since then, he done tore down, I mean, stages all over this country. And um and he started from the page spitting online, spitting poems fact. online. So tell us, tell us first, Mr. Written in Pain, tell us, you know, how did you get introduced to online poetry? Well, but before I get into that, I just want to say that I have been writing poetry since I was a kid. I'd always been writing poetry. It was more so like an outlet. And something I was really trying to share or be like, oh, here it is, or let people read it. Um, when I was in high school, I was fortunate enough to kind of find myself in a circle of other teenagers that wrote poetry and was into poetry. They always made me feel like I was dope, but you know, by that this time I started being more into MCing. So the poetry thing, I really being a dope poet, I didn't even know what that meant. Um. So that was the case, and then um, sh- shout out the lyrical movements for Lady of the Compo. Shout she out. hit me up one time and was like, "Yo, I'm about to have a feature on this show." So I'm like, "Oh, where where that?" And she was like, "Nah, call this number." And I'm like, "Call this number, okay." So I called the number, and it was a legit feature. Like she was spitting on the phone and there was people you know the host was commenting it was people online commenting and it was a whole vibe and this was crazy to me so probably like the next week she had hit me up and was like yo you should call the show and spit something and I was kind of like nah but then I'm like ain't nobody gonna know I'm reading like you know what I mean like in my head that's how I approached it like I could read this shit. And no, because I had, by this time, the death poetry movement had already happened. So, of course, that's really when spoken word took off in terms of people who weren't already into the movement. You know, poetry was kind of like a cult thing where you would like, had to be like a bohemian, the whole tech. You know what I'm saying? That was the snap, snap, instinct community. You know what I mean? But death poetry, I want to say, made it pop culture. And in that period, it was just like, you know, you started seeing more open mic venues and you started seeing more things of that nature. But in my mind, I'm like, I could read this and make my shit sound like how them dudes do it on deaf poetry you can't (laughs) see me so you just listening to me and I'm gonna approach reading this like a performance Mm. and that's how I that it became an addiction like that outlet became an addiction and again you know what I'm saying shout out to LM because if it wasn't for her I probably would have never heard of that shit (laughs) it is crazy man because a, a, a mutual friend of ours she's the one she's the one that told me because i was doing my little nine to five thing and i'm still hitting the shows 
after work. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm hitting mad shows or whatever the case may be. And she was like, yo, yo, Black, you know they got poetry online, right? I was like, what? They's like, yeah, you got poetry online where you can go online and you can spit your poems and people are listening to you. I said, online, it, it yo, the idea of it, it never, it, I was like, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. who's calling a show and to listen to poetry? I said, they listen to poetry online? He's like, yeah, they, they listen to it. They, you spit your piece and they listen to it. And I was like, right, I'm gonna call the show. I'm, I'm gonna see what's going on. And I called the show, and I was like, Yo, this shit what is. Was the, do you remember the first show you ever called? The very first show I called, it could have been, uh, I don't remember, but it could have been poetically spoken show. It could have been one of them shows. And mm-hmm. uh, cause E More, I went on E More show. I went on E More show, and um, when I spit on his show, he's the one that told me. That's the first one who was like, yo, you remind me of this guy named Written in Pain. So I was like, word? He's like, yeah, man. He said, yeah, fam. You need to look him up, man. Because, you know what I'm saying, y'all styles, man. He was like, it's, it's, it's something about y'all styles, man. And he said, that's yo. That's crazy. Shout out to Emo, word, man. Shout out to Emo. And I was like, that's crazy because he told me that. And right after he told me that, Somebody else told me the same thing. They say, yo, this guy named Written in Pain, you know what I'm saying? You remind me of him. And I was like, yo, I got to hear this dude now. I got to hear this dude. So I think it was one show that you you was talking about pain and all this. Something about pain. Because anything that dealt with any type of emo stuff, you was like the godfather online. (laughs) Like, you was the godfather of of, of anything emo. If if you had anything, like, in your head, like, oh, I got to get this. Yo, you was the godfather. Everybody came to you to bring... To bring their emo poems to and then she was crazy so boom so i was like i'm going to this show i'm going to this show it was an emo show i said i'm going to this show because you was gonna be spitting there so i said i gotta hear this dude spit now I, I gotta hear this dude so when i heard you i was like this dude don't sound nothing like me i was like yo he don't sound nothing like me at all i don't hear nothing no resemblance at all (laughs) nothing but i was like yo he is dope though i said yo he is dope know what i'm saying you spit i forgot the poem you spit but it was like some story type poem and i said yo this shit is dope right wait so pause pause (laughs) your story so pause your story so now you know during this time you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or brag or none of that, but I was popular in that circle of poets. <laughs> so people are coming to me like, yo, it's this dude, poetic black. He trying to sound like you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because at this time, I was ready to kill. <laughs> yo, I just, that's where I was at that time. <laughs> It was like I was I, I had a fifty cent kind of attitude. Like I'm coming in here to stake my claim, <laughs> and whoever get in my way, I'm chewing them up. <laughs> so I couldn't. I never could catch you. I just would never hear your shit. <laughs> right? Simultaneously, I got some dude in my inbox named Daniel Green. <laughs> talking about yo let's work together but I'm not paying that no attention right now 
because I want to hear this dude. <laughs> so Candace used to have a show on a uh, talk show. And she hit me up. That's what it was. I was home chilling, minding my business. She hit me up and was like, oh, where the black is in my queue? You need to come over here and hear him. I'm like, yeah, I just show now. She like, yeah. I'm like, I'm coming. <laughs> and Liz, uh, like you said, man, and I don't I, I don't remember what you spit either. I really don't. I don't remember what you spit that time. But I was like, this dude don't sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like more than one person was like, yo, it's this dude, Poetic Black. I don't know what he talked about. He want to bring poetry to the forefront. But he's trying to sound like Rennie (laughs) Bay. Yeah, that was crazy, man, because I was like, damn, it was like mad people hit me up saying the same thing. But I think that was the fate in it. But the thing was, I was a stage poet and you was a page poet. You know what I'm saying? And we crossed paths. And since then, I'm proud to say that we've put together, I mean, some of the, I mean, the dopest work together. And it came from two different worlds of the page and the stage. And and I'm pretty sure, like, I learned things from you in in aspects of reading poetry online, you know, and how to, you know what I'm saying, project my voice in the right way over a phone as opposed to being on stage. And I'm pretty sure you then took pointers from the way Fact. I, you know what I'm saying, do Fact. things on the stage. So Fact. we we cross we cross reference our ourselves our different careers but it meshes and it melds together so when it comes to the big question you know are page poets real poets you know me personally i'm gonna say hell the fuck yeah what (laughs) you know what i'm saying like hell yeah page poets are real fucking poets Um, you know i'm gonna say this too when i first started going out um, doing open mic stuff and slam stuff. There was a certain amount of disrespect. You would hear it in the conversation of poets. Now, at this time, I think I had two to three poems to memory. But the three poems I had the memory got good reaction. So... I, I had just did my thing. And mind you, I'm green, but I don't know if these dudes that I'm sitting with know that. But they having a conversation about an online show that they was at the night before. Like, they was on the bus traveling or whatever, so mm. they was on an online show. And they was just ranking on the poets. They was just like, oh, they so trash. Oh, they not real poets. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And I'm not saying nothing. I'm just like, Mm. Because by that time, I knew personally at least 10 poets that I knew from online um, open mic joints that I thought was dope. Mm. That's crazy, man. It's like when you look at when you when you when you look at the. Cause like when you say that, right, that a person would even would even think that, oh, cause this person haven't performed on the stage, they're not a real poet. First of all, 
you know, poetry and performance is two different things. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's I think that's one of the things that I noticed in you when I first met you. I noticed that you could you could read a poem, you could write, your pen was crazy. You know what I'm saying? And your performance. I seen the potential of the performance the way you read your poems. You dig what I'm saying? If if that makes sense that like yeah. when I heard when I heard you spit, I was like, yo, I could see the potential of this poem being performed on stage. You dig what I'm saying? Bringing everything that you brought online onto the stage and making that transition. You pretty much made that transition real smoothly. You know what I'm saying? Once you got yeah, your now first day. I'm going to say this because I don't want to sound like a prodigy or nothing. At high school, I did take theater. I did take drama mm. in high school. Uh, you know, take that for what you want to take it for. But I don't want to make it sound like I was some kind of prodigy. Like yeah, I did, I do know things about voice, voice projection mm. and how to alter your voice tones. And I spent a lot of time in my youth playing around with my voice and doing impersonations and things like that. So I don't want to make it sound like I just went from the phone and was like, oh, I'm going to get on the stage. And I, I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to make it sound like that. But um, there is a certain amount. And me and you have talked about this before. There is a certain amount of theater to being a good spoken word artist mm. and that same set of skills can apply to the telephone if they if you know what you're doing mm. indeed indeed because a lot of i'm with quiet kept i'll put that secret out there quiet kept a lot of the shows that i went to online i wasn't spitting i wasn't reading the poem I wasn't reading. You know what I'm saying? I was performing the poem. And I learned that from you when I when I watched you one time, we was in the same in the same space and you was on the show. And I seen how you was reading the poem. And I was like, oh, because I'll go back and listen to my replay of the poem I spit. And I was like, I'm going in and out. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not getting that quality. And then I noticed, I said, oh, I'm on the phone. I'm performing a piece. But I'm doing all the theatrics that go along with it. And you got to channel that shit when you're reading a poem online. is different. You got to bring all that emotion, but you can't do all of the movements because it's going to alter the way that people receive you. So I had to I had to learn that. That was something I had to learn. Now, and I peeped that watching you. I was like, oh, OK, how to bring how to channel it, being able to bring that same emotion without doing all the movement that's going to inhibit the people from hearing what you're doing which is very important. You know what I'm right. saying? But that was over the years of me seeing, and you know, it's, it's trial and error. You know what I'm saying? Things that you pick up along the way. Because it's vice versa. There's things that you can do with your voice on the phone that you can't do on the stage. Real shit. There's certain things I can do. There's certain pieces that I can read on the phone because there's certain things I can do with the phone that I can't do on stage. Mm-hmm. It won't translate well. No. Because it, because over the phone, you're eliminating the sense of sight. So mm. the spell casting is solely based on the audio performance, what we call the audio Broadway. Mm. Where on stage, 
gonna give you a perfect example. I have a piece called Ballad of Fallen Angels. So if anybody listening wants to hear it, you could go to my, you could pause this podcast, you could go to my SoundCloud, you could listen to it, you could come back, unpause the podcast. Yeah, the 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 name of the um his SoundCloud is written in pain. All one word, right? The piece I'm referring to is called Ballad of Fallen Angels. If you listen to that piece, that's what I mean by audio, Broadway. You able to just not even need your visual to get caught up in that story. Mm. But on stage, in order for me to do that piece well, I would have to be more theatric and more physical with my body. Mm. If I just sat in front of the microphone and was like, you know, uh, my birthplace, paradise, people are start to go people will start to lose interest Mm, great point great point because when you when you on the element of the phone like you said you made mention of something called spell casting and that's exactly what it is you know what i'm saying you don't want to break the spell because all all mcs spoken word artists they're spell casters you know what i'm saying they're putting you in a certain type of energy a certain type of frame of mind and they're painting lucid pitches with their words you know what i'm saying so it's an experience so you have those people who are diehard spoken word fans that love spoken word as entertainment you know that they're finding the you know the actual love for the words the love for the art you dig what i'm saying so mm-hmm. when you're performing you know, it's two different, it's two different beasts. And I've seen it on both sides of the coin. You know, being able to call in on the open mic joint and spit a piece and people feel it. Cause I got a piece like that. I got a piece, an example of what you're talking about, perfect example. That piece I got fill it in my bones. Mm-hmm. Fill it in my bones when I'm on the phone and I recite that piece people go crazy like oh man because there's no visual there but when i perform that piece live i gotta get in a whole different element to perform that piece there's a whole bunch of theatrics that go along with that piece that people on the phone don't see but just hearing the sound of my voice i'm casting a spell and i'm taking you back to a certain time frame and a certain environment you know and you can hear certain things you can feel certain things so i know exactly what you're talking about dig what you're saying that was a great example but uh in terms of the page poet and the stage poet at this day and time, what would you consider yourself? Hmm. Hmm. I don't like labels, <laughs> but if I had to, I would still consider myself a page poet. Now, that that doesn't mean I prefer one more than the other. Mm. I just feel like I have a mastery over one more than the other. I feel you. I know what I think it is, though. I'm 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 gonna coin a new a new terminology right now. I'm coining it right on the spoken soul session show. I'ma say that you are a word performer. Hmm. It's different, it's more different than saying, Oh, you're just a poet. You're a performer of words And I consider myself a performer of words Whether it's on the phone Or whether it's on stage You're going to make 
you know what I'm saying the, the the necessary changes you need to make in your performance to translate it you know what I'm saying like I've seen you spit pieces on the phone and I've seen you spit pieces in real life one great example is when we did poetry idol it was one it was one one week that you didn't write a poem and I thought this shit was crazy I thought I thought this was definitely going to be the week that you would have got eliminated you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, this week right here, when you told me we we met up at the spot and you was like, yo, I didn't write nothing for this week. I didn't write nothing. I'm a freestyle. I was like, no, bro, you gonna freestyle some shit? I was like, I was like, nah, B. I was like, we had a plan. We gotta we gotta both get to the championship <laughs> together, nigga. I was like, yo, bro. I was like, what you talking about? You gonna freestyle. And and this dude, I tell you no lie family spoken soul family i tell you guys no lie this dude freestyled a poem from that for that week and not only did he he still make it to the next week he got the fucking the the best poem of the of of the week out of all we the poets the fan, votes. The fan so votes every week they had the fan vote for who was the best poet that week and he won that week for the for the fan vote they what they gave you some tickets or something you got yeah, some broadway tickets, tickets. Some yeah i'm like wow b and i'm like yo i said they don't even know i was like they have no clue they have no clue what this dude is doing and it was the performance <laughs> it was the performance more so that got you over on that on right. that week you dig what I'm saying? Because the way you performed that piece, because the things you were saying, I know I'm like, damn, this dude freestyling. But the way you performed it made all the difference. So that was the performance level, that aspect that even got you through that week. You dig what I'm saying? So I understand, you know, people, people come in levels. You know, you got some people that are page poets. You got some people that are just writers. You know what I'm saying? They're not even good performers of what they write. But if you read what they write, you be like, wow, this is this is this is perfection. Like, but if you hear them read it, it'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? And right. it, it's crazy like that. It's so many different nuances. Right. I don't want to say names, but you know, I co-hosted an open mic show. Uh and I heard a lot of poetry in my time with this show. And I can tell you that there are people who can write their ass off. And if you read it, mm. you'll be like, this is dope. But if they read it, you'll be like, this is trash. Yep. 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 It makes all the difference in the world. Like, I, I've done that with different people's poems. Like, I heard them spit their poems, and I was like, yo, I really dig this poem. I want to read it. And I'll read that that same exact poem, and they'll be like, yo, it's a whole different poem. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes more. It's just not about the writing. When you're a performer, you have to understand that there's so many different elements that's attached to that one specific skill set. So if you're a writer, it's not just enough just to write. Unless you just writing and nobody's gonna hear hear you read what you what you wrote, then you can you can stay in that lane. But if you want to be a person to be no to be noticed for your writings, like even Maya Angelou, when you look at Maya Angelou, she would read her poems, and the way she performed her poems, it would make a difference. 
she just didn't read her poems and with no life and she'd be like still i rise yes still i rise yeah i rise still i rise no she she brought passion to the poem you know nikki giovanni another one you know bring passions to the poem but they're more so literary poets poets that's known for their writings where you read their writings but when you see them perform their pieces you're like okay you know the difference from a person that is a writer and a person that can perform those pieces so i think it's just so many different nuances that go along with it but if you're really serious about being a poet whether it's a page poet or a stage poet you really have to understand that it's not just enough just to write you have to supplement your writing with the act of some form of performance whether that be of you changing your voice enthusiasm in your voice or whatever the case may be just so many different nuances because it's almost like if a musician listens to music, he hears things that we don't hear. Mm. We might be listening to like some dudes on the corner, dude with a he playing a bucket. One dude got a little guitar, another dude got a little keyboard. But they doing their thing on the train station. Mm-hmm. And we might walk by and be like, oh, they getting it. But somebody classically trained, they might walk by and be like, oh, this is noise. His guitar's <laughs> out of tune. That bucket don't have enough percussion. <laughs> that keyboard. he just be like, this is noise. But we'll be like, mm. and that's what different, that's in any profession. People have a certain level of understanding of something, whether it be visual art or dancing. When you've been trained in something, the way you view it is different. Mm. I say that because as artists, you have to know the difference between when you're performing in front of other artists in your craft and people who come to be entertained. Mm. When you're performing in front of your fellow artists, your peers, the technical things you do in your writing, they'll have a greater appreciation for because they do the same thing. So when you do something and you understand how hard it is to do it, when you see someone do certain things, it's impressive. Like, oh, Mm. I never thought of that scheme. I'd have never put, damn, he's good. It's an appreciation. But when you're in front of people who are coming to be entertained, they don't care about your interwoven rhyme scheme. They don't care that in the middle of my poem, I spelled out written in pain and many people. <laughs> they want to, they want their emotions tinkered with, or they want to visually be in, they want to experience something. Mm. They don't care about your vocabulary or how good you are with metaphors and simile. They want to laugh. They want to cry. They want to be emote. They want to be taken away from reality. Indeed. And to do that, it don't take technical wordplay and lyricism. It just takes the ability to be captivated. So the kind of poem 
or the kind of thing that I'll do. That's why even whether I'm on the phone or I'm performing live, I always read the room. Is there a lot of poets in here? It's a lot of people in here. Know who you performing for because that's how you gonna be memorable. Mm-hmm. If you're in front of a bunch of people who are not poets and you're doing a whole bunch of word, word plays, look, the way I extinguish the fire, my panic nights light every time I write, they're gonna be like, okay, that was cool. Mm. But if you tell a story or you talk about how you never met one of your, whatever the story is, that's captivating the people. And they don't care about the wordplay or the technicality. They just want to be entertained. Indeed. And great point, because uh, I got experience from from performing and getting the results from being able to entertain the audience as opposed to being poetically technical or you know having a a crazy vocabulary i've won slams like that you know what i'm saying and and those slams was the slams i won where the audience decided who won it wasn't a judge-based poem it wasn't a judge-based slam you know because when judges is is judging you it's different you got to perform for the judges but when it's the audience is going to determine whether you're going to win or not you got to win over the audience so it goes back to saying what you said about knowing who you performing in front of because i've seen that happen so many different times when you had some poets up there that was spitting some some to another poet some fire to another poet but when it came down to the to, to the audience the audience was like all right you know what i'm saying they cheered a little bit you know what i mean and i'll go in there and, and spit a poem that a poet would may think is some mickey mouse shit but I'm telling the story and 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 slam and and beat everybody. So it's it's crazy, man. It's definitely crazy. But that's that's crazy the way, you know, when you when you perform and you notice those different nuances and you be like, yo, wow, man. You know, look at this shit right here. I went in there and wrote all this crazy elaborate shit and didn't get no response. I used to write like that. I used to write on something, yeah, I want to be as prolific as possible. And then I was like, you know what? I want to reach as many people as possible. And the way to do that, you got to be able to be like, okay, you got to, I ain't going to say dumb down, but you got to make it so everybody can understand you. Even though you have the ability to be technical and be complex and elaborate, you got to know who's your audience. So, you know, that's that's a great point, bro. I'm going to give a perfect example and you was there for this. So... We got booked at some political function in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I was late. So you and the sister Najimon, I think y'all had already performed for these people. Mm-hmm. And y'all gave me the impression like they really wasn't plugged into y'all. Mm. Now, you and Najima, I you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Najima. Najima is a good poet. Mm-hmm. I did not get a chance to read the room because as soon as I walked in, you know, the promoter, Curtis, shout out to Curtis, <laughs> he uh, was like, pain, go, spit. So I do conspiracies. By the time I get to 
somebody gave Booth the okay to shoot, Lincoln shot in his back, whatever. You giving me the eyeballs, like, <laughs> with his you looking at me. Yo, you're looking at me with laser beams, like, no! <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> it's too late I'm already committed you know we got rules no yeah. do over no stuff I'm already in <laughs> so now I'm just gonna fall on my sword I go in now like since I'm oh. fucking up I'm going in <laughs> is there no genetic cloning the government don't make clones <laughs> so when I finish they was clapping and fucking feeling me. So Curtis cut. So later on, when everything's to when you know what I'm saying, when it's just the folks, we rapping. Curtis was like, yeah, everybody in that room was a judge, a politician, a district attorney. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's crazy. But that yo, that yo, that's exactly how it be though. But that's exactly how it be, man. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all about perception, man. I remember one time when we remember that time we was on the train. And I don't know what it is with you and white people, though, but you and white people, man. It's like white people just love you for some reason, man. White people love you, bro. Like, I don't I don't understand it. The white people just gravitate towards you. You know what I'm saying? And you be saying the most anti-white shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And they be just gravitating towards you, man. I remember one time we was just spitting on the train because we used to do that too, sharpen our skills, be on the train, and we like, yo, let's just spit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Let's, let's mm-hmm. see, can we captivate this cart right here? You know? Mm-hmm. We ain't trying to get no money or panhandling. We just out here seeing if we got the skill enough mm-hmm. to, to captivate this train. And I think, I don't know what's, what piece you spit, but you spit this joint on the train Conspiracies. That was conspiracies you spit? Yeah. yeah. You spit conspiracies. Yeah. And the white lady came up and gave you five dollars. I was like, Fact. I was like, yo, B. I was like, why white people love you so much, man? But <laughs> I was like, it's crazy. You've been like that since high school, too. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna tell like quick story. I used to go in, in my homeroom and every morning and write Malcolm X lives. Oh, uh, any means necessary. The white man's the devil. <laughs> and it was like you know what I'm saying there was a lot of white kids in my in my high school and the blonde white girls they just loved me bro they just <laughs> I know Carlos we're devils I know I know <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy man it's crazy but look man I wonder I want we we've been sitting here we've been talking and um we gotta we gotta definitely spit something for the people man we gotta spit something for the people so uh. Let's give them a. I want. I want you to give them a dose of what a, a a page poet is. You know what I'm saying, and let them be the judge of it. See, see if you can spit something back in the days when you was when you were strictly a page poet, and see can they tell the difference? Is this dude just a page poet, or is he just a real authentic poet? You know what I mean. But look, All first right. thing. First thing I'm going to do though, we're going to pay some bills. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some of the uh, some uh, some words from our sponsors, and then right after that, we can just go right. I'll set the stage up for you, and we can go into that piece. Aye, aye.
Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com. And we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. And now, Two Cents with Written in Pain. Cohabitation. Fellas, there's some truths that we got to deal with, right? I mean, so you meet her, right? She's fucking hot. Face like bling, body like pal, booty like hello. And she's into you and you into her. and it's, 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 The whole relationship is like a music soul child album. So you like... I can't be without this woman. I'm going to wake up and see her shoes next to my shoes. I don't want her shoes nowhere else but next to mine. And you know what happens? She wants her shoes next to your shoes too. And you guys move in and whoo, whoo. Do you remember, fellas? Do you remember spontaneous professionals in the shower? Waking up to bootay. You ain't even brush your teeth. You ain't even brush your teeth. Bootay. Remember she used to wear that little thing for you? And used to walk by and used to go, mm, come here, girl. And she used to come. Hold on. When you used to say, come here, girl, she would come. So what happens? Want to start a family? Pop out a few mini-me's? Pop out a few more? But somewhere along the way, Man, the vagina's on yield. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is it just me? The vagina's on yield. This thing's slower than a turtle carrying luggage. And I mean, you're having conversations about it. But it's minimized because it's bigger fish to fry. We got kids to raise. We got bills to pay. Ain't nobody think about your penis. When did your penis not become this 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 thing to be admired, to be caressed, held, kissed even? Now it's just looked at as a baby-making death destroyer, life-changing tool of mass destruction. And you're every horny hard on against her thigh. All she hears is mommy. And that thing turned to the Sahara Desert. 
I'm making this because I had a summit with some of my brothers because I thought I stood alone. I thought I stood alone. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something wrong with her. I thought there was something wrong with our house. And I had a summit with my brother. I had a correlation with my brothers. And I found out that vagina drying up all over the world. We need to stand up. You know, a long time ago, a million men got together in Washington, D.C. Right around the Washington Monument, which looks like a penis, and stood for justice. But I think it's time for us to come together again and stand for something else because we're standing. We're standing every morning. We're standing every night. And who cares? Who cares? Do they care? We got to embrace each other. Not in that way. But we got to hold each other down. We got to be able to have conversation with each other, brothers. We can't be shy about this. You need a shoulder to cry on. You need to be able to have your brother talk to you like, what's, what's wrong, man? I took a blue pill. And some of that stay up, honey, they got in the corner store with my last $10. I was ready. Smoked me a little horny goat weed. I was ready. She said tonight was going to be the night. I pre-gamed. I prepared. And she said she had a headache. So here at Spoken Soul Sessions, we are creating a hotline. It will be 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. 1-800-888-SHIT-DRY. You can either request myself or Poetic Black, who I'm sure has his own queries about cohabitation. Brothers, we here for each other, even when she ain't here for you. Come to us, because we know you can't come to her. That's my two cents. Oh, my God. <laughs> two cents, man. I come into the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to our brother, Mr. Written in Pain. This piece was called, and I knew. We got naked in the Genesis. She wanted to be eaten like forbidden fruits, sweet as nectar. There was no shame in her. She reaching for serpents, paying no attention. That's what lays before us, and I knew her. She forced my head between her pillars blindly. Begging me to quench her burning bush, it became a baptism. For now, I'm saturated in her holy water, speaking in tongues. This, this eroticism has her in contorted exorcism, sodomistic, hedonistic. Listen to her moans as I scribe hieroglyphics in her catacombs. She's ruined. Now she raining on it like a great flood. It has granite, and I guess she 
I guess she took it for granted. Get it, grab it was my 11th commandment. She bowed to my shaft like a golden calf. Too much to handle, shattered her like a tower of babble. Just look at her babble. Grab it, searching, thirsting, turning this into a battle. And I knew her. I told her to take this. But she acting like she can't take this, screaming no. When I asked if I should make an exodus, she's screaming more again. She's freaky as a Gamorrean. And man, 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 I knew her. The way she holds me. Turn this bed holy or holy. I'm prepared for how it bends. She's singing songs of Solomon. She craving. Like 40 nights is how long it's been. Now both of us drowning, drowning. And I knew her. Folded hands as I'm reaching, reaching for promised lands. I'm not done. I'm not done tasting honey and milk under her tongue. We pledge to be plague free. So she begged me to unwrap the gift, call me the Magi, spectacular conception. Not really knowing where we are, how we are, with some place under stars. And I knew her. I want her. Baby, this ain't Aaron Drive. She parted her thighs and told me to deny everything I had and come with her. And I did. And during her gates, we became immortalized. She thought I was finished now. <laughs> she has so little faith. And I knew her. Stretched her out like she was being crucified. She could feel my passion as I calmed her waters after the splashing and crashing. And she almost died. Till I blessed her womb and resurrected her. Head shaking and earth quaking like we having a revelation. She vowed herself to me. And I told her I'd be with her always, even now, and until the end of time. And I knew her. I was in pain. Wow. Dope poem, bro. <clears throat> Damn. Appreciate it, bro. Damn man, dope boom. Now when you wrote that joint. I wrote that like 2012. 2012. So this one you was definitely straight, strictly page. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Strictly yeah, page yeah, yeah, poet. I'm strictly page. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, man. I mean, I mean to sum it all up. You know, there's definitely different nuances dealing with the page poet and the stage poet. But if you approach either one, whichever one that you choose to, to label yourself as, you know, approach it 
with sincerity and, you know, with the right enthusiasm. You know, the worst thing you can do is be a poet and then, you know, write some official shit and then lack at the, you know what I'm saying, the, the home stretch. It's the home stretch. Execution. Yeah, execution. execution. Like, like, you took the time to write it. Take the time to perfect this deliverance so that people can feel the way you felt, what you felt that inspired you to write it, you know, and approach your writing like that, you know? And yeah, uh, because if you're reading something like you're bored, I'm going to be bored. Indeed. It's going to show. So, uh, you know, just little tips. And I want you guys to definitely come to Iron Sharpens Iron. You know what I mean? We not we definitely not, you know, scaring anybody away from their writing. We're just giving you constructive criticism, you know, sincere feedback from your peers. So if you're an artist and you want to get a poem that you want to test it, you know, you want to bounce it off of another poet, bring it to Iron Sharpens Iron and we'll give you our constructive criticism of the piece and give you some pointers, if any. You know what I'm saying? If any. But uh what, what, what you got, Payne, before we uh before we close on out, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, uh, um, this is Monday night. You know yeah, I know what it is. I know what it is. The show dropped Tuesday, but it's Monday night football in real time. So, you know, uh, I just want to tell everybody, man, um, hone your craft, man. I know there's probably somebody in your household or somebody in your family. They don't want to hear your poems. You're trying to get them to hear your poetry. They're not interested. You're trying to get them to go to the open mic. They don't want to go. Don't let that stop you. Keep pushing that pen and just believe in yourself, man. If you want to help me out at all, just go to my SoundCloud, Written in Pain, listen to a track or two, and give me some feedback, man. If you thought it was trash, tell me it was trash. If you thought it was dope, tell me it was dope, man. I appreciate it. And I'll see y'all Saturday at Clubhouse, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I am. Jarvis, I am. There you have it. So you guys come on back, tune in, tune in with us every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Iron sharpens iron. All right, now, y'all know what time of the show it is. It's that time of the show where I want to leave my audience on an inspirational note. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, tune in. If you can hear the sound of my voice, tune in. I got something to tell you. I hope, I hope you stay on your path. I hope you never allow anyone or anything to impede your progress. Every day is a day closer to the goal. And the goal, the goal, is to be so let's be if you don't know anything about me if you don't know anything about me know this know that I love you and I hope I hope you love me too peace